Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcasting Network. Geeky programming for all the nerds and otaku across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop. Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. Nerdapalooza, the world's largest nerd music festival, and with the generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and learn how you can support this and other fine Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. And welcome to what's kind of the 24th episode of the Wicked Anime Podcast. Uh, let's see if I can remember how to do this since it's been a while. Uh, I'm Dylan, and with me is the stupid awesome analyst Jonathan. Yo. A hard man with harder peens, Andrew. Hello. And King Baby Duck Evan from Boston Bastard Brigade. And I, I forgot the name of your podcast that you do. No Borders, No Race. There you go. Yeah, we've we've been on uh, No Borders, or... Uh... Was it? I mean, it was before it was okay. Boston Bastard Brigade. And well, no well, you were. Well, one of you, Andrew, I believe, was yep. on Boston Bastard Brigade after Anime Boston. Yep. And then you guys were on No Borders of Race last week when we were talking about Wolf Children. Yeah. Got it cleared up. Awesome. So we're making new friends in the press. We're going to be famous one day. Yeah. I'm not in it for the fame, guys. I don't know about you, but uh, <laughs> he's in it for the bitches. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's right. We give we give all all the bitches to Dylan because <laughs> they're commodities. <laughs> okay, let's Off get into to some great start already. Yeah. <laughs> I guess right. we're still we're still trying to get back on track after it's Basm. Been, it's <coughs> been like it's been weeks since we uh, since we've done this because of uh, uh, yeah the Besom thing, which you guys seem to really enjoy, which I'm very happy with. You, we got a lot of uh, a lot of feedback from Nerdy Show saying uh, that the fans were really enjoying it. I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll look into doing it one more time. Let us know what you guys want to do. So let's start off with some media news. First big news. I don't know. It's been a while since it's been known, but we haven't had a chance to talk about it. That Hayao Miyazaki is retiring. Yep. He is cashing in on his 401k and he's going to drive shuttle buses at Disney now. <laughs> <laughs> but after his la- uh, last movie, which has yet to be released, but he- seeing that it's finished, he has announced that he's retiring. Now, this isn't the first time that he's claimed he's going to be retiring, but this time he said it's for realsies. Yeah, yeah. He- I remember a, l- a little while back when um, uh, he's like, I'm going to do it, guys. I'm seriously going to do it. Here's Arietti. I think what kind of had something to do with that was he maybe didn't want Arietti to be his last film. Like, he wanted to do something. Because I think during Arietti, while Arietti was coming out, there was the announcement that he was doing the uh, biography movie about the World War II fighter planes. Oh, is that yeah. his last film? Yeah, yep. and it, uh, I don't know if you saw the trailer for it yet, Dylan, but it looks really sweet. Hmm. Yeah, it's very different from anything else he's really done. Because it's more realistic. It's not, like, fantasy-like... 
But you got to give props to Miyazaki because this is a film that he's been wanting to do for many years. Yeah. Yeah, it, it looks really sad too. The trailer, the trailer itself just looks kind of like it's going to be a, a seer, uh, sad, sad tear jerking movie, like like um, Grave of the Fireflies or something like that. Yeah. Well, the thing is too is that he specifically specifically said that he's done with directing. He didn't say he was done with writing. So who knows? He's while he's stepping down as a director, who's who's to say he's still not going to be writing stories? Yeah, I mean maybe he'll. Uh... Maybe he'll be on the Nausicaa sequel project with the Evangelion creator. Yeah. That would be freaking sweet. <laughs> so long as it just doesn't have a really, really bad emo boy as the protagonist. <laughs> no, have awesome Nausicaa as the protagonist. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> she mustn't run away. She must. <laughs> Next up in media news, uh, Viz has announced that they are going to be re-releasing all of Ranma one half onto Blu-ray. Yes. I, Holy I, crap. Yeah, I know. I am so excited about this. I don't care how much it is. I will buy all of Ranma. It'll be $750. <laughs> On one disc? I was I couldn't believe that um that they that they were doing that cuz you know it's I it's just, it's one of the animes I'm continuing to watch. I mean, I'm I'm actually almost done with it. I'm halfway through season 6 out of 7 and then the OVA series and then the movies. That's all I have left. Um but I know it's, that's all I have left. But um, I'm surprised they actually haven't done this earlier, seeing that Ron the One Half is such a highly acclaimed series among fans. It was one of the first ones well, that had. I know it was one of the breakthrough series for Viz. Yeah, and um, I really, really, really uh, was just when I was watching it. The way I've been watching it is all online because you can't get it anymore. At least you can't get it easily. I've been I've been searching out the DVDs for it forever, just looking to see if I could get a hold of it, and I can't find anything. You know, less than, you know, $200 a disc. Next up in media news, Shinichiro Watanabe has announced his next series called Space Dandy. Yay! Yay! And more exciting, he um, is teaming up with Studio Bones in order to make it. Yeah, for those of you who don't know who specifically that is, it's the Cowboy Bebop creator. That's right. Yeah, Um, he made Cowboy Bebop, he did Kids on the Slope. If, uh, if people don't know this by now, then I can't really consider them true anime fans. <laughs> That's right. And you know, and that may came, come up in our discussion for the Tabagachi. Yeah. Um, but the series looks really good. The only thing that's been come out is is an announcement trailer for it. You know, um, it, when, when is it coming out? Is it? January. Um, it is January? Yeah. That means that it'll probably be in the winter series of, of anime. But well, um, I guess probably the whole anime of 2014 should just pack it up because I don't think anything is going to be as good as Space Dandy. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. exactly. The, everything, everybody else is just like not even try. <laughs> yeah, um, but the series looks really fun. You know, it kind of reminds me, I, Andrew. I think you explained it this way. It's like Lupin the Third in space. Yeah, that's I, I saw it. And I was like, oh, Lupin the Third in space. And, yeah, it uh, looks it looks pretty absurd. Did anyone happen to read the bios of the characters that Anime News Network posted? Yeah, I did a little bit. Um, I read... I, I, I kind of skimmed through them, so the one that I, I mostly remember is, like, the the lazy, lethargic cat character, and... Uh, and I yeah, want to... Of course and you I, read I did, that. And the vacuum. <laughs> I, I did point... I'm, I'm going to be pointing this out on my, um, on my No Borders, No Race podcast, but... Anyone read that bio of Meow and just think that it's very similar to that of Cat from Red Dwarf? 
No, um, because we have not seen Red Dwarf. However, Nerdy Show would be very happy to hear that you made that reference. <laughs> it's on um, Netflix. You can watch the entire series. It's very good. Oh, really? Okay. And once you and once you see the character of Cat, you're going to be like, okay, so that's definitely what Meow is going to be like. So, uh, last up in media news. There has been an announcement. This is kind of old news, too, because it came out during Besom. But there's, they've announced they're moving forward with the project of a live-action Attack on Titans movie. That is a pretty interesting idea. Now, one of the things that I'm wondering about is if they're going to make all the characters, uh, switch out all the characters to Japanese. Because uh, all the characters, except for Mikasa in that series, is... Is actually Japanese. Yeah, is actually Japanese. Or well, of Asian descent. Well, who's um, doing it? Is it going to be a Japanese company? Is it an American yeah, company? Yeah, that was my question. I want to say it, it is a Japanese company. Uh, uh, um, <laughs> uh, oh, don't get me wrong. I know the Japanese do a great job with their live-action adaptations of anime and manga, but... When it's going to be the CG that's going to be a killer. Yeah, it's not that it's not as great as Hollywood productions. No, they they really haven't perfected that yet. If they found a way to work with like Wait a Workshop or someone like that, I think it could be a fantastic live action film. And then maybe see if they could do a co production with like say Warner Brothers to help even get some different like diverse characters in there, not just have it all be cast as Japanese people. Because it's sometimes very awkward to see that when you have a character that's foreign, that's supposed to be foreign, but then watch them being portrayed as Japanese. Like when you have you ever seen the live action version of uh, Nodame Cantabile? Uh, no. What, no. Which one's that? Um, it's about the uh, piano player and the guy who wants to be a, a conductor of an orchestra, but he has a fear of flying. There's this there's this character in the manga and in the anime who is European. And in the Japanese version, someone Japanese played him, and it's awkward seeing him trying to pretend to be foreign, not <laughs> understand Japanese, when it is someone who's Japanese playing the dude. That's, that's hilarious. I never even knew that. He's like white face. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to some gaming news. That's it for media news. First up in gaming news, Capcom, or the old Capcom studio, uh, Mega Man, and their new Kickstarter project for the Mighty Number no. Nine. Has have you guys seen anything up on this? Yeah. It's got my twenty bucks. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So as of right now, Mighty Number no. Nine. They needed nine hundred thousand dollars to successfully fund their Kickstarter, and they're currently just about to reach two million dollars. <laughs> so we got another. Uh, we got another Double Fine Studios on our hand. They have twenty three oh. days left as of this point to they're make gonna, their money. They're gonna oh. reach the Wii U port. I can see them making so much money on this and making it as, as badass as possible. I Speaking of, like, Wii U and stuff like that, I, that's, like, exactly what... I've been actually trying to get myself a Wii U for a while now, but, like, because of all, like, the cool indie games that are coming out for it, uh, my, and Monster Hunter. Like, that's pretty much the main reason why I want to get a, a Wii U is Monster Hunter. But, um... They, you know, all these cool little games are coming out for it that you, that you can, yes, you're going to be able to buy it on your PC, but the functionality is going to be completely different on um, on the Wii U because they're going to integrate all the, the pad and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, come this September, September 20th, I think it is, they're releasing like a Wind Waker edition of the Wii U where Nintendo's going to then drop the price to two ninety nine ninety nine. I would suggest... Getting it right then and there, because it, it is a good deal. I mean, I got it on day one, and I've been very happy with the Wii U. I haven't played it as much as, say, PS3 or Xbox 360, but that's right. because there hasn't been a lot of games coming out for it. But right now, we're, we're starting to see the, um, the, the dam open up 
and watching all the titles for Wii U coming yeah. out. We've got The Wind Waker, we've got Wonderful 101, Rayman uh, Legends, yep. New Super Mario 3D World, and of course, later on, New Smash Brothers and Mario Kart. And those are going to be system sellers. When <laughs> Mario Kart and Smash Brothers come out, that's when everyone's going to start buying it. Yeah. Probably. Do you, do, you have, uh, do you have Monster Hunter, Evan? So, I played the demo of Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate, and I just really couldn't get into it. I got, I, I got bored! I was, like, trying to kill this monster, and it took me 20 minutes. I'm like, is the this demo, supposed to the be demo, fun? Or? 20, 20 minutes is pretty good for killing a monster. It usually takes, like, a whole hour. Jesus Christ! Yeah, dude, I, I play it on my 3DS. I was, well, because, I mean, you know what would probably really help you if you had somebody else to play with? That's the only way I play yeah, cause, it. Yeah, because I actually bought Monster Hunter for Jonathan on his 3DS so I could so he could play it with me. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and he and he, he really has fun when we do it together. It's really fun hunting together in a troop. We should do All that. Right. Okay. When I when I get my Wii U, we should hunt in a troop, Evan. <laughs> All right. All right. So moving on to uh, well, that wasn't even like that didn't even turn into a mighty number no. nine discussion. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that thing. We um, got all the we got all the <laughs> the important details in there. Uh, next up is actually has more to do with Nintendo, which is what is your opinion on the release of the 2DS? Um, honestly, I think it's a bad idea. Really? I mean, I mean, here's how I look at it: like it's supposed to be for kids under under seven who can't who can't really look at stuff in 3D. Yep. So you buy them for them. And then two years later, when they do reach the age of seven, what's going to happen? They're going to be bitching to their mom and dad and say, I want the 3DS one! I want to see everything in 3D! And they're going to bitch and bitch and bitch until they finally came in and said, fine, we'll throw on another couple hundred dollars so you can have the 3DS version. So Unless, unless... That's Nintendo's plan all along. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a, yeah, so is oh, that they're pulling an apple? <laughs> yeah. It's so. the preteen iPod. <laughs> now now the thing is, um I that's and that's exactly the reason why I like the idea of the two DS because it was only made to be a starter system. Um, you know, because a three DS is really expensive and two DS there is, you know, it's going to be a little bit cheaper. You can't fold it. You can't carry it around as easily. Um, but you can at least play all the same games. Now, when I play my 3DS, I don't play in 3D. I actually like playing all the games in 2D. I was, yeah, I was going to bring that Sometimes up. I haven't I heard do that. many people doing that, using that 3D uh, functionality. Now, it sometimes hurts my eyes if I play it for 3D for too long. Yeah, like, like Monster Hunter's 3D is pretty bad. Um, but uh, Fire Emblem Awakenings 3D is incredible. Now, the difference is half of uh, Fire Emblem is uh, 2D sprites, and uh, so that's really easy to separate out. Now, but the 3D portion does look really, is really well made because it looks like staging, So you, and you can make staging look really good. Now, for something a game like Monster Hunter, where you have fully rendered environments, uh, tons of interactive items and monster you know the monsters hundreds of things on screen at once uh it can get pretty tough to separate those things out um so so it really depends on the game you're playing it just seems like that the 2ds system overall i mean the fact that they didn't they took away the clamshell design so that it doesn't fold in half so it's it's, that, it's uh, large bulky yeah. and apparently it's really heavy um i don't know why they they decided to go with this design on it the the non-folding non-portable yeah that's a little weird to me yeah 
Like it just seems like it's it's like a flawed design that just the aesthetics. Oh, of that it. and the buttons are moved up to the second screen. That's it, right. It's yeah, much bigger than like even some of the original Game Boys. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know exactly how big it mm. is, but I, I I don't. But like the I don't, yeah, I don't know how big it is either. But like the the impressions that I'm getting off of it, it seems like it's like a Wii U pad. Like that's how big it just seems to me. Like, did anyone happen to see the uh, the parody, the One DS? Someone posted <laughs> about? <laughs> no. We'll put a link in the description. I don't know if you guys saw the quiet controversy. The quiet controversy from the new Metal Gear game. No. Oh, you didn't know about that? No. There's sort of been like a, a backlash on Kojima for the character Quiet in the new Metal Gear game, who is a sniper wearing a bikini. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But she's in the desert. <laughs> Like, if you were in a... I mean, I, w- I wouldn't walk around with a shirt on if I was in the desert. I mean, if I had sunscreen, I guess. <laughs> or, or would you, though? Because the desert is, like, is like deadly heat. It's not... Yeah, you would yeah. probably wear some sort of camouflage over I guess, yeah. I don't care. I think she looks pretty cool. Yeah. I'm not, like... Because I'm not, I'm not focusing on her aspect of being like, oh, she's, she's in a bikini. She's topless the whole time. Like, that's not what I'm focusing on her character. Sure but you are. Cor- but, of course, like, everybody else would. Because, I mean, the internet is like, uh, oh, this is an outrage. We can't roar, you know? Yeah, I was, like, I was surprised you guys didn't see that. Um, I, no, I, I know I know about the character. I didn't know there was an outrage over it well, because, I'm what, quite frankly, I'm not outraged. What was it. what happened was he, they released, like, what the actual model looks like. So they, re- they sh- released images of, uh, like, a turnaround, basically, of what her character looks like. And it was... Yeah. It was her, she's wearing a bikini top, bikini bottom, stockings for whatever reason, and uh, boots. Oh, then the character model I seen must have, must I must not have have seen the bikini bottom because I I thought she was wearing cargo pants. I, at least that's one no, of the models. That no, no, she's wearing stockings, not even like good condition stockings. There's like holes huh. in them. Okay, that's a little weird. Then no, then I haven't seen it. Then uh, I guess, uh, but but even still, like I um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not complaining about it. It's somebody else's character design, not mine. Oh, yeah. All right. It's time for some strange news. Yay! What's yep. blowing up in China? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I don't have any explosions in China happening this week, but I do have two stories from China. Now, I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with the news lately, but this one has been all over the place. Um, for the past 10 days, there has been a 100-kilometer traffic jam on Chinese highways. What the hell? People have been stuck in their cars for three days and three nights. There have been roadside uh, shops that have been quadrupling their prices so that people in their cars will have to buy a whole, you know, spend a whole ton of money just to get a couple of instant noodles. But um, there has been some really poorly planned construction work on the Chinese highways, which has caused people to possibly be stuck in their cars for up to two weeks now. So it's not just one jerk that's like way in the front that's just passing <laughs> this this guy that there's one guy trying to do a U turn at the front. <laughs> can you? Can I just? I'm trying to. I'm. Can I? <laughs> it's just another like uh, indication that there's a ton of people in China. I remember hearing that to buy a license plate in Hong Kong costs 15 grand because there's just too many cars. I, I'm surprised that there are even enough cars on the road to create such a traffic jam then. <laughs> well, that was in Hong Kong. This is this may be somewhere else. Yeah, well, Hong I, I Kong don't... is China. 
Well, <laughs> it's all of China. <laughs> it's it's part China's of China. pretty big, Evan. <laughs> it's part of China. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. <laughs> that, yes, that's true. <laughs> this has been um, Geography with Wicked Anime. <laughs> Coming up next week, we will talk about India. <laughs> There's an ocean. There are a lot of cows. <laughs> and phone centers. Metro uh, <laughs> uh, PCS. Yes. So next up in strange news... This is awesome. This is I so funny. Yeah. You guys um, are going to love this. <laughs> there is a uh, greenhouse in China that breeds uh, cockroaches for new forms of finding medicine. Now, in the past couple days, somebody went in there and destroyed the greenhouse, releasing uh, over a million roaches into a, a local neighborhood. <laughs> Cockroach farm, prison break, free, yeah. It's like slither. In in related news, that suburb has decided to change its name to New York. (laughs) You know, it would would suck if if the one dude who kills, like, that one cockroach that winds up being the cure for all cancer. (laughs) (laughs) He's like the biggest douchebag in the world for the rest of his life. Well, uh, yeah, the guy who ki- the guy who killed the cure for cancer. <laughs> Actually, um, there is movements now like to exterminate all the roaches. Um, it's just it's just something How do you that start has to be over done. like that. If you like had all those roaches and you're that one guy that was like all that time, all that roach sex. I don't. Re- <laughs> I don't really. Aren't they think- asexual? I think so. I think they just lay eggs. Yeah, yeah, I don't think that it would take that long to. Uh, Get a million roaches back into a roach. Yeah, no, it will definitely not. Um, Well, especially because, like, you know, I I think that's going to create a worse problem. Like, because, you know, they say when you kill a roach, make sure you disinfect your shoes and stuff. Because they, like, the eggs can reside on your shoes if you have, like, their smashed carcasses on, on you and stuff. So, like, the eggs can survive even though you smash them. In other news, China is now no more. (laughs) <laughs> Overrun by Cockroach Nation. There's still more people than cockroaches, though. There's still more cars than cockroaches. <laughs> and Give it three days. Give it three days. All right, and I think that that is as strange as it gets. Yes. Well, <laughs> for now. <laughs> Until next time. <laughs> All right. Uh, so it's time to move on to what we're watching. And because of Besom, we have been watching a lot. And we've been watching so much. Um, actually, Evan, would you like to start off in telling us what you've been watching recently? Um, so I've been watching the anime Silver Spoon. It's the new one that's from the creator of Full Metal Alchemist. Okay. I have not heard of this. Me neither. It's a basically, it's about farm life. And no, it's not farming with alchemy. It's real <laughs> farming. And it's entertaining. It's funny. And as someone who grew up on the North Shore of Massachusetts, where there used to be a lot of farms back in the 60s and 70s, and I noticed because, you know, my dad used to grow up in the area of, like, where all the farms are. This is, like, really cool. It's a really entertaining series. I feel like it's a, it's a type of anime that bookends with another great show called Moya Shimon. With the little... Mm. I don't know if you've ever seen that one with the cute little microbes that talk. But, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I haven't. Yeah, we, know we started to... Yeah, we yeah. know which one that is, but we haven't started it. But Silver Spoon, it's, it, it's not, like, your average sort of anime. It's not, like, a total mainstream anime. But it's a show that anybody can really watch, and they won't feel lost. Like, it's not one of those shows that 
you'd have to spend like 30 minutes explaining to your friends what it's about so they can basically get the first episode. No, it's about farming. It's about a guy who's trying to find out what he wants to do in life. It's about him making friends with people who want to get into the farming industry. It's funny. It's informative. And it's just, it's a great show all in all. And what makes it cool is the fact that the creator of Full Full Metal Alchemist grew up as a farmer. She had, she had a whole, her family owns a farm and she's being able to tell her life story as it were in this anime, not, not her total life story, but from what she learned as a kid. Yeah. Like different, different points of it. It sounds like, uh, what is it? Harvest Moon, the anime. It's, it's almost like Harvest Moon, the anime, but it's great. It's Farmville. (laughs) <laughs> the only com- real complaint I have about the show is it's got a really crappy poppy theme song that really has no <laughs> no real fitting as to why it should be the theme song for Silver Spoon. Like they should have like put down a couple grand to license a Willie Nelson song or <laughs> or even one of like Frank Turner's like songs and made that like the theme song because it would have fit a lot better. Interesting. Nice. Cool. All right. Good choice. How about you, Dylan? Um, I don't think I've watched much anime, but um, since it's been a while since we last talked, I have seen a couple old Japanese films. I watched um, the first couple, I think the first two or three, uh, the original Zatoichi films. Are you familiar with that story? They just came out with a complete collection on Blu-ray, I believe. I don't know about it. I've been watching them on Hulu uh, because they're they're really good films. They're part of the uh, Criterion Collection, which is how I was watching them, but uh, it's the, it's the story of the uh, legendary blind swordsman. Oh, okay. Have oh, you yeah, ever, yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen the B. Takashi version? I don't think so. I saw a version a while ago that was sort of like a rebooted version, a more recent one, uh, that was like on FX, but um, I, I like the old black and white ones a lot. Yeah. Some really good footholds in where uh, filmography of today is from. Yeah, know, a really good history of it. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Like a lot of, I have trouble watching a lot of like American old black and white films because they just the film had a very particular style of how they did things and directed yeah, things. Absolutely. But like, there's so many like older Japanese films that are shot and filmed the way a lot of movies were are still filmed today. Right. Which is yeah, pretty, just, just without color. Yeah, exactly. That's Which pretty I thought awesome. was really interesting. I also yeah, saw awesome. another another film that was really quite like messed up and sad that was called um what's the Japanese word for that like ritualistic suicide? It's like Hari Kari or something like that. Oh um, Harry Kari Seppaku. Harry Kari. Oh my gosh. Harakiri. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was about that and it was uh about a couple of samurais committing that, and it starts off pretty sad, and it just got worse from there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. As you can imagine a movie about that being. Yeah. It's the feel-good movie of the summer. <laughs> uh, totally, totally. Yeah, and no matter what movie it is, if it involves, or even anime, like, you know, Gerald and I run the hardcore anime panel. I The one thing that I cannot watch is is 
seppuku. That is just like the most like. There's got to be an easier way to kill yourself than stabbing yourself in the stomach. Oh wait, hold on. So in this movie, <laughs> uh, at the beginning, uh, this guy goes to a shrine to commit this, and um, because that's how they would do it, they would do it in a particular yeah. place, in a particular way, with a particular audience, and. He wants to do it, and but he actually says that he wants to be given a day so he can leave. And I, I was a little bit confused at this part, but I guess that if he did that, they were supposed to give him money or something. And this shrine didn't want to do that, so they were going to force him to kill himself anyways. But what they didn't know was that he had sold his blades for money because he really needed it. So they forced him to kill himself with a bamboo sword. What? What? <laughs> this is the beginning of the film. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that sounds like it took a long time. It, it, three it, weeks later. It was uh, still not piercing the skin. It was pretty gruesome. Yeah. Oh man. All right. I, I guess I'm gonna go. Um aside from watching Ron Mustill, I've I've been watching a whole bunch of new stuff. Within the time that Besom was coming out, uh, Black Lagoon, Roberta's Blood Trail, came out on DVD. So I've been watching that, and it pretty much mimics the manga to a T. It's pretty impressive, and it's pretty awesome. They brought the, the cast back from uh, from the original English dub, which is awesome because a lot of them uh, have been out of uh, work for as far as voice acting goes for a while. So the fact that they could give them their same spots is really great. You see, I've been wanting to buy the Black Lagoon series, but I've only seen a couple episodes. Would you say it's a definite buy? Yes. Um, in fact, when I first purchased Black Lagoon, it had been out for a while. I was so disappointed in myself that I it took me so long to buy it. I was yeah. like, what? I, I, like, I thought to myself, what is wrong with me? This is totally up my alley. I have no idea why I haven't watched it until now. Um, in fact, so at that time, uh, you know, just season one and season two were out, uh, but all the manga was out. So when once I bought the se- the season uh, series on DVD, I bought all the manga, which has been translated to English, and uh, and uh, that's where Roberta's Blood Trail is in there, uh, and it actually finishes the story of Black Lagoon, as far as that story goes. Um, and then when they announced, hey, we're finishing Black Lagoon in this OVA series, that was really exciting. Um, and now, of course, they've announced, oh, uh, the Black Lagoon manga is coming off of hiatus. We're going to continue the story of Black Lagoon in manga form. So I will be there for that. All right. I'm buying it on Amazon right now. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I'm, I, I just clicked the place your order button. That's awesome. Um, and then, um, yeah, uh, so like one of the great things, we reviewed uh, Black Lagoon a couple times, and uh, Sean is really into it. I, I was the one who got Sean into Black Lagoon. It's the same way that Cowboy Bebop was, very, very Western-style storytelling. So if you want to show somebody an action anime uh, mm-hmm. who's not an anime fan, show them Black Lagoon because it's told like a Western action movie. Uh, the other thing that I watched is Elfin Lee was just released on September, uh, September 4th. Well, I got my DVD on September 4th, but they released it on Blu-ray. So, it being my favorite DVD, I had to get it. Um, and uh, that the Blu-ray release has the unre- previously unreleased OVA of the anime. Uh, so, in the original 13-episode DVD set, uh, it's not there. But in this OVA series, it's released. So, I'm freaking psyched. That's awesome. Uh, so, that's those are just a couple of things I've been watching. I've also been watching um, Danganronpa still. Uh, which is being released, which is awesome. I really hope they release the games. They port the games from the PSP here, because uh, that would be an awesome game to play. 
And then, let's see, we've been watching... John, both Jonathan and I have been watching the Berserk movies. Have you guys seen the Berserk movies yet? No. No, not yet. Those are some badass movies. Very, very adult. Uh, in are very, very different than regular OVA movies because they were given 18-plus ratings. Hmm. Um, which, for those of you who may or may not know, they only give 18-plus ratings to hentai and porn. So they the content is so extreme in these movies that they decided to give them an 18-plus rating while releasing them. So uh, it was the, it's the NC-17 of anime. Pretty much. And, uh, and they are very, very violent, uh, very, very graphic with everything they do. Um, it is very unforgiving and unapologetic, and it is just so good. The story is just so well told and really good. I actually, in uh, honor, this is just kind of a happenstance, but in honor of uh, football season starting, I oh, actually yeah. started watching a sports anime. I watched iShield 21, which is an American football anime. Now, are you watching the dub or the sub? The sub. Okay, because... I fucking hate the theme song they chose for the dub. It sounds like a really bad Jane's Addiction track. I didn't know. I didn't know they made. A, I didn't know they made a dub for it. Oh I, yeah, I it was on Toonami Jetstream. Seriously? Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm watching it on Crunchyroll. It's it's free and the entire series is up and it's subbed. But uh, it's I'm actually really enjoying it because the thing that makes it super special is that they're covering a topic that's majority American, you know. So. It, it, it kind of breaks the bar of the your anime thinks you're dumb thing where they have to explain everything to you, but it's cultural to explain ever, all the rules and stuff like that because nobody knows what football is. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, because like in in Japan, it's just so weird the fact that they would make an anime about an American sport. Like football is a almost Except entirely. Yeah, well, I mean, they really adopted baseball. Yeah, <laughs> but um, the other thing is too is that it's a very shonen esque anime as well, so you see a lot of specialty characters in it that almost seem to have supernatural powers in the way that they play football, but it's it's not really that. They they just animate it in the way that it makes it look like they have, you know, special powers. It's like the Prince of Tennis. Hmm. Is it about really a like professional team or like a high school team? Or a... It's a high school club. Yeah. Okay. And lastly, I think that we should get a chance to mention that we watch Wolf Children. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, uh, you know, got to see it. Um, Mamoru Hosoda's latest film, Cried Man Tears. Yeah. I, I didn't, surprisingly. As a, um, but, uh, you know, uh, but I, I, I really wanted to. And um, the thing is, I really, I, you, I don't know if anybody saw this on the Facebook post that I made or anything like that, but it, I, after I slept on it, like, I woke up the next morning, uh, was getting ready, and just running through my head was... I totally get it. Like, like just I, like I, I just kind of felt kind of depressed that I wanted to see it again, and I was just like, I. It was a good depression kind of a thing, but it was just like I totally understand what he did with those characters. I get it. It's just it was so good. What's um? Since I don't know if Evan's seen it, but I haven't oh, seen it. Oh, oh yeah. And, um, he he saw it twice. We went to go see it with him. Okay. Yeah, I and I've I've met I've met Mamoru Hosoda at the MIT premiere of it. You He's jerk. a really cool guy. You jerk. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I wanted to ask, which um, is it better than uh, his other films, or how would you rank? Uh, I would in... say emotionally, it's better. It's a better emotional film than Summer Wars or The Girl Left Through Time. Okay. Yeah, um, I will say though, um, and and I don't want to make this sound like I'm downplaying the film because all of his films to me are on the same level of greatness. 
Um, but I think I, I like Summer Wars better as far as like he made like uh, an awesome family aspect and the character it was very like the characters were strong. Um, Wolf Children had the like super strong characters, just like incredibly written characters along with um, a tragic story. Um, but but then again, not so tragic story, I guess. Yeah, it, which is which is really interesting about it. It's just a fantastic story told like that's just about this one family, and under these weird circumstances, it was great. It was so good, and um, you know, and I really don't think it's fair that I compare it to any of his other movies. Gotcha. I, I just think, yeah. yeah, I just think it's amazing. Dylan, it's my movie of the year so far of 2013. Not just animated, but. Nothing live action has been able to compare to Wolf Children just yet. At least emotionally. Emotionally, definitely. I think that covers just about everything and what we're watching. Uh, So it's time to move on to the Tapagachi. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. And this uh, episode, we are talking about overrated and underrated animes. This was actually suggested from one of our fans. Yep. And so we're going to cover this one. I think we should have a lot of fun. Yeah, I uh, I certainly know a lot of overrated animes. You, so which one do you want to start with? Overrated or underrated? I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at my DVDs right now trying to come up with one better. <laughs> um, why don't we do underrated? Okay, yeah, let's do some underrated animes. I think uh, what... Animes, do you think, deserve better recognition than they have at the moment? Elf and Lead. <laughs> my, dead serious. My, like, it comes up almost every episode because it's just my favorite, but Elf and Lead does not get enough recognition for the, the kind of story it was telling. Um, because, like, a lot of people see it, you know... Like, oh, it's it's porn. There's naked women all the time. It's like, it's not about that. It's about the tragic story that they're telling. And uh, it's like, oh, but it's so gory. It's like, so? What, what do you... I don't... I don't care. <laughs> I just think it doesn't deserve... It doesn't have the recognition that it deserves as a good story that's being told. And that's about it, as far as I'm going to say with that. This uh, brings up, uh, actually, this question. Something that we were talking about in the past with you, Evan. I think that... 
shows like Nichi Joe and Azumanga Dayo are are underrated. Uh, but uh, but as you expressed to me on your podcast, you did not like Nichi Joe. So my problem with Nichi Joe was I just really didn't find it funny. Like really, with, with the exception, if the show was about Nano, the professor, and Sakamoto. I would have been happy because those were like the really only funny parts of the show. But really? all the other characters in the show, when they came on, they would say something, they would do a little bit, and I just did not laugh at all. Really? Because I, I, I absolutely adored uh, Mio and Yuko. Or, yeah. Like they, they, they're just so funny to me. Like just like the classroom scenes just made me laugh, and I think it was just the quirkiness of like the the really quick punchy humor. Because you don't because a lot of Japanese humor isn't punchy, and that's what I like in in some of my humor. Oh. Like very in a very British style way. Like okay. a British humor is very punchy, and they did well, a, they, they did a lot well, of. Well, that's that. why I love Hayate the Combat Butler because. Hayate is, I feel, the closest anyone has ever gotten in Japan to doing a British sitcom. Really? But, is that one of your answers for underrated? Um, probably one of them. But going back and just quickly to Nichijou, yeah, yeah, go the ahead. moment I gave up on Nichijou came with this character, I believe it was in episode 5, episode 6, he was on a journey to, to speak with someone from the dead. Uh-huh. And, and in the English sub... An English sub the Crunchyroll had, he said he asked them to call for the spirit of Bob Hope. <laughs> and and her response of calling him, it was this weird like testing, 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 testing. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> this is the dumbest fucking thing I have ever seen in my life. Uh, I, I thought it was I'm funny. With this shit. I thought it was funny too. <laughs> That's just different opinion. That's just different opinions in comedy tests, I guess. But that's the thing. I love weird comedies. Like, they're, yeah. Well, I, Japan is very good at that. I just didn't find it that good. But it was it, so cute, though, too. Like, it had its cuteness on top of it. And just like I just loved it. The the <laughs> only time outside of the uh, Nano Professor Sakamoto art uh, segments where I did really laugh loud. I believe it was the principal of the high school, German <laughs> suplexing a deer. Yeah. That was the oh, only yeah. time I really, like, fell out of my chair laughing. For my underrated anime, and this is a series that hasn't even been licensed in America, and I'm still shocked about it. It's called Nagasarate Elianto, and it's about a young boy named Ikto who finds himself stranded on an island of women, and he's, like, the only guy on there because, like... There was a storm that swept away all the men, so <laughs> all the girls are now trying to fight one another to be Ito's girlfriend, and it's like the ultimate harem anime series. Really? On the surface, on the surface, it looks like yeah. the first couple episodes. But then you get into the story, you get into the characters, and it's one of the funniest shows out there. And it, it, The comedy's on par, uh, the lessons you learn from each episode are great. And it's got my favorite Kappa in the show. This sounds like um, a pretty perverted series, though. It's not like you can get a lot, have a lot of fan service in it. It doesn't really have a lot of fan service. That's the thing. That's actually pretty interesting, then, because um, because I mean, as we know, as uh, as anime fans, we really can't escape any sort of uh, anime without having a little, at least a little bit of fan service. 
So, I mean, I'm always okay with a, with a little bit, as long as it's not over the top. All right, Dylan, what's an underrated anime? Um, I, I mean, I don't really know what the uh, consensus of it overall is, uh, but, like, even of the East, I know what you guys think of it, but I don't really know what uh, anyone yes, I love I would, Eden of the East. Yeah, I own yeah, the entire yeah. series. I own all the movies. I feel like that was one of, like, the best animated series to come out. Yeah. Like, at the tail end of, like, the last decade. Yeah, yeah I only I, heard, I agree, like, Dylan. people I knew or, like, you guys talk about it, and I think that was only after I had, like, bugged you so much about it. No, we watched it together. I know. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, uh, it was kind of like the same deal with Breaking Bad, where you're just like, no, seriously, guys, you gotta watch it. And we were like, okay, okay, and we finally did. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. There is, um, that show does not have enough publicity as far as being, you know, the way it was released and mm-hmm. uh, how good it is as an anime as far as being intelligent uh, not not having like a buttload of fan service, if any at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, smart it's just characters. Like a, it's a really interesting concept too. I think. Yeah, yeah, it, it, like it the really idea is. of be, giving like just regular people unlimited amount of power. And what's good about it too is when it ends, it doesn't leave any holds. You don't need to go on with the story. I'm good yeah, with how this I, ends. Yeah, I would probably agree with that. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, I absolutely agree, Dylan. That is totally an underrated anime. I have one. I actually just thought of it because of the way that it was received in Japan. Little Witch Academia. It was completely underrated. The, reason the why Kickstarter start- one? Yeah, the reason why they need to do the Kickstarter for the second episode was because there were so few ticket sales for uh, Anime Mirai um, that they had to cancel screenings of it. I think that that anime deserves everything, like like that all the rewards. Yeah, to it. Studio Trigger uh, really created a masterpiece with this one, and the fact that you know it's only 20, 20 minutes long, and the fact that people haven't seen it, it it's it's a, it really is a masterpiece. In well, my eyes. one of the things that I find amazing about it is that it does in fact have a larger following in America than it does in Japan. And one of the things I've been finding is a lot of Studio Trigger's work is, um, like, Studio Trigger is a bigger name in America than it is in Japan, re- like, regardless of where they started from. And that's kind of amazing to me. Yeah. Have you guys seen Little Witch Academy? I've nope. seen clips of it. Like, I haven't seen the full thing. I think I've seen, like, the first five, six minutes. Man, you guys yeah, you have got to see it. it. It's, it is just... It's I mean, really, really well done. Like, incredibly well done. Yeah, um, and I mean, I, I bought, um, or I, I funded the Kickstarter for it so yeah, that I would, I would get the digital download and the art book and stuff like that, just because, man, it is Yeah, it is I, I, did the same, I did the same thing. Okay. I, fun, I funded Kickstarter. I, I thought up another, I don't want to say it's an underrated anime, but it's a show that, again, I'm still surprised hasn't been licensed because it's so funny. It's called Common Nomade Guy. And it's basically about this girl who's being protected by this dude who dresses up as a giant maid. Yeah, <laughs> I've I've actually read some of the manga of Common Nomade Guy, and I couldn't really get into the manga, but it, it actually, but that's like not saying a lot because I, I have trouble getting into manga. Is this like a like what does the maid guy look like? Is it a like a bird? He's like a man of He's like, a man of That's awesome. Okay, it's a, and he's in, it's, he's dressed in a maid outfit. It's very um, fan servicey, but it has a lot of comedy to balance it out. So, so it's like a Mrs. Doubtfire anime. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like apparently 
He's like the smartest man on the planet. He like graduated from MIT with a doctorate. And they actually said it in the second episode. But he's got superpowers. He's over a thousand years old. But it's so funny. In fact, when Boston Bastion Brigade was starting out, I had the initial idea of like when anything awesome would come out, we would give up the main guy seal of approval. Okay, so how about we, um... Hey, let's turn the conversation. Yeah. How about some overrated animes? Now, Death is- Note. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> Death Note is an overrated anime. I don't know if I'm... Because I, I don't watch things that I would consider overrated for that fact, because they're not good. Well, but the thing is, um, when we were in high school, um, a lot of our friends that were introducing us to anime, a, a lot of... Not to say that they were bad choices to introduce us to anime... Because uh, ultimately we became anime fans, but a lot of the ones that we were shown were popular animes. Mm-hmm. Um, one of which, actually, uh, but there's good I, popular animes. Oh no, there's great popular animes. Yeah. When I when I I actually seeked out uh, was seeking out Death Note on my own. Um, I just released a video on this. Uh, you can see it uh, where I kind of explain it a little bit. I I, I saw the first episode of Death Note. Um, went before it was released, so I saw that, and then I found out it was going to be re- released in America. And when it was released in America, that's when it exploded. Like that's when it became super popular, and everybody was just like, "Oh my gosh, holy crap! Death Note is an anime," you know? Yeah. Uh, and uh, the fan base is—it has a very dedicated fan base, very dedicated fan base. Yeah. Uh, um, I own a Death Note myself, so yeah. <laughs> Oh no! I have a I have a bunch of Death Note merchandise too. Uh, not a bunch, I would say. I we have a couple posters. And I think that's about it. I have one signed by Brad Swell. Yeah, we, that was one of the things. Was uh, Anime Boston 2008 was uh, Death Note Con because that that was the year that Brad Swell was there, and uh, we got the ending to Death Note spoiled for us because people like to make AMVs before the animes are done re- being released, uh, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I would say Death Note is very overrated. Uh, people love it for too many reasons. One of the reasons which they say yes, it's a good story, but you can't pick out an episode like you can't say this is my favorite episode of Death Note because. Because the whole anime is about them explaining things, you know? Exposition, exposition, exposition. Yeah, as I, call, as I call it in the review, exposition the anime. And then, uh, you know, and then, you know, spoilers. If you haven't seen it by now, what's wrong with you? Or you don't care. Um, L, you know, when L dies, they bring in a new L, like, just to replace... Like, it's almost like he never died. They just replaced him with another L. Near. Yeah, with near. It's just like... Or, like, I call him Chibi L. Um... <laughs> Uh, I will, that's exactly I will say I loved when they adapted it to the live action films. I love the Japanese films. Yes, of, they did a great job. Even I know you. I know you pointed out about the flaws of Japanese CGI. I loved how they did Ryuk. No, no, he movies. was great. And um, and actually, uh, that was one of the things I explained after I released the review was that the movies was a great idea for Death Note because it works better as a movie because then you can explain things a lot easier in movie form and not like to a week to week basis. Now, what did you think of L Change the World? I didn't. I didn't see it. Oh, it's actually pretty good. It does a little bit more of an excellent. It explains Near a little bit too. Oh, a, a little bit of Near. They, they mention him. Yeah. Oh, they don't. So you don't actually have like a live action near and mellow, right? Yeah. Oh well. So, yeah. So, so um, that's so that's my overrated anime. Yeah, mine um, is kind of. I'm going to take a shot here and say that Dragon Ball Z is a little overrated. The reason why I'm going to say Dragon Ball Z is a little overrated is because that was a lot of people's introduction to the world of anime. And that or Sailor Moon. Yeah, but Sailor yeah. Moon is awesome. 
I don't. I, I just don't like it. Andrew and I actually didn't like anime yeah. for a time because we thought all animes were like Dragon Ball. Z. Yeah, because our, our introduction to anime was Dragon Ball Z, um, and we just weren't into that show. And we were just like, oh man, all anime must be like Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, but but this is where like a lot of the fandom gets their you know like gets their their start from is Dragon Ball Z, yeah. and which is cool. I don't. Yeah, you can like. I, I don't mind, but it's just. It's just not that good, guys. I'm sorry. You know, uh, I'm probably gonna get a lot of heat for that. And that was that. Jonathan, not me. I'm hyper opinions. <laughs> um, yeah, but... Watch Dragon Ball Z abridged instead. Yeah, I do thoroughly enjoy Dragon Ball Z abridged. Um, <laughs> I want to be a Super Saiyan. I want to be a Super Saiyan. Why? 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 Damn it, Krillin. While it is a gateway into anime for a lot of people. There wasn't a lot out at the time, so so you kind of had to stick to Dragon Ball Z if you wanted anime. You know, there weren't too many other options to pick from. Well, because all your other options were on Toonami. Yeah, you know, and I think that's where it gets such high a praise, high praise for, is because there wasn't a lot out there at the time. So if people, if they wanted something an anime to like, then they had to like Dragon Ball Z, and and I think that that just carried over into. Yeah, and then and then girls would like. Sailor Moon, yeah. And the thing of Tenchi Mo- and other, and other, then the other show was Tenchi Moyu at the time. So, and that is just my opinion. I'm probably wrong <laughs> to all you Dragon Ball Z fans out there. The, I am not one, so I do not know. So, the thing about Dragon Ball Z, how what drew me in, it wasn't the action, it wasn't, it wasn't the characters, but the very first episode I really sat myself down and watched was the one where. Goku and Piccolo try to get their driver's license. What? <laughs> Rim- we talked about stuff. in the filler episode. That was the episode that, that made me say, okay, I gotta watch more of this. It wasn't any of the fighting. It was Goku and Piccolo trying to do ordinary things in life. <laughs> like, right before the world is about to be destroyed, there's like, oh, we gotta get our driver's license. <laughs> and um, one of the things I do love about, uh, about Dragon Ball Z is... Uh, and it's not as much of the character, uh, but the people who act as him is Hercule. I love Hercule, and mostly because of the people who cosplay him, because they they do like a whole Randy Macho Man Randy Savage thing. <laughs> yes, it's just so they're just so funny. Um, I don't think I've gone for overrated. So nope, you haven't. Yeah, I just you... concurred with Death Note. I don't, <laughs> know. I don't know if I have any other ones. So I was gonna say Neon Genesis Evangelion. Really. Because a lot of people consider I that... I could see that, actually. No, I absolutely can see it. I would just say, like, you know, uh, same thing. Same with Dragon Ball Z. A lot of people see that as the greatest anime ever made. It's... He's a... And, and, he's a whiny little great. boy at the start. He's a whiny <laughs> little boy in the middle. And he's a whiny little boy at the end. He does not evolve at all. Oh, one, one of the things that drove me mad, though, is his dad is just a dick. Yes. I hate his dad so much. He is like, an evil motherfucker. Yeah, and I get really why is. Shinji is like that because of his father. But at the yeah. same time, you, you would think that Shinji would go up to his dad and just fucking punch him in the face near the end and say, Fuck you, this is what you did to me. I'm but out. He's not a manime character or anything. Because like, that's the thing, I watched the show from like a manime fan point of view. And, um, and like, you know, he's having conversations in the same room with his dad, and I'm just like, why aren't you telling him off? Like, tell him what you feel, you know? Uh, but he doesn't do that. He just takes the crap from his dad, you know, kind of bends over a little bit, and I was just like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and it's kind of why I prefer, like, 
Gundam Wing for your little whiny emo boys piling robots because at least they evolve in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> now that actually brings up uh, the Evangelion um, one brings up a, an important or interesting spectacle because I actually really, really enjoy this anime. Yeah. But do you think Gurren Lagan is a little overrated? Yes. Um, Absolutely. Near the end, yes, but I feel like they really fucked it up when they killed off Kamina. If Kamina well, was in the series from beginning to the end, I feel like the show would have been perfect. Because yeah, it was plays... the show, it was the Kamina show. <laughs> but, the, but the thing is, um, he plays a seriously important role, like his death plays a seriously important role for the end of the anime. I know, yeah, which is um, why, couldn't they kill him off in episode 24 and then they kill, then they do something very special at the end of episode no, 26? No, because then his, his like, return isn't as epic. Yes, it, maybe episode 6 was a little too early, but his return is that much better when you haven't seen him for 20 episodes and then he comes back to save everybody at the end. Um, now, the thing that I see, though, like, from a different perspective of agreeing that it's overrated, um, was that how how fast it exploded. Like, because you know how every single year there's that one anime that everybody's going to cosplay at conventions? Um, you know, it was, you know, Death Note, then Black Butler, then, um, Hetalia. Yeah. And, well, and, and, ha- oh, that's another one. Um, we'll come anyway, back to yeah, that. Yeah, we'll come back to that. <laughs> um, I, I thought that, you know, when we went, because when we were introduced to Gurren Lagan or Gurren Lagan, you know, it was, it, it was kind of our anime and we were like, yeah, this is really cool. And then all of a sudden everybody was talking about this anime. It's like, well, did you see it when it was being released on sci-fi or did you, were you just there for the DVD releases? And stuff like that. Because everybody was just like, oh, Gurren Lagann, this is awesome. That's like, a hipster statement. That is a hipster <laughs> statement right there. But it, should be, it should be noted, too, that Gurren Lagann is just one big, long dick joke from beginning to end, too. <laughs> but that's where, the, that's where the series finds its charm. And, I, and, I gotta, and I'm just going to add this in there. I absolutely hate how people keep referring to it as a manime. Please stop. Just because you say you're manly does not mean you are manly, and it does not mean make it a manime. So please stop referring to Gurren Lagann as a manime. It is not. Okay. <laughs> so, Hitalia. <laughs> you see, Hitalia's funny, but I don't understand why it's such a... I don't want to call it mainstream success, but... I don't understand why the fan base has become so hardcore over it. But but the fan but like their the fan base just go goes nuts like over over Hitalia. Um like they just think it's just the greatest thing and like cuz it's 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 the same thing with um almost like Homestuck people like they uh, where I, I, wouldn't, like, I wouldn't put the two of them together. Homestuck is a whole nother bottom. No, 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 no. And I'm, I'm, I'm about to explain that. Like, just, just to be like, um, that is their fan base, and like, almost nothing else can tear them away from it. Um, yeah, I mean, and I'm, and once again, like, I'm not like bashing any of these things. I'm just saying, like, it's really, really apparent. Not, not my I, I, I find it very enjoyable. Like I, from the episodes I've watched, I found it funny. Yes, there's the whole relate possible relationship between America and England or Germany and, and Italy. And Ita- oh man, and actually that was one of the things that I didn't like either. I just hated Italy. He was not funny to me. Like like he was just annoying. Like, he was just an annoying character. So he didn't like when he was like. <laughs> That was pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yes, no, I did not like that. 
<laughs> did it so well that I did not like it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I just thought he was an annoying main character. That might have helped, too. Now, did you watch okay. it in subtitled or in English? Because I feel like in English, they made him more funnier and a lot less annoying. I watched it in I watched it in Japanese. Okay, well, I'd probably try it in English because I like the guy who who voiced Italy in the English. Todd Habercorn. What was it? Todd Habercorn. Yeah, yes, yeah. it started Frog. Oh wow! I didn't know that. That actually might be kind of cool. Yeah, and he does it in like the most like stereotypical Italian accent. It's like, hey, it's it's me, it's it's Italy. I'm gonna make it a pizza or something like that. But, but it makes yeah. it funnier. That's actually one of the things I wondered. Do Japanese accents have, like, Italian and German and all, and American accents, like, with it? Like, do they, do they do no, the accent dialect? No, 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 So how come, like, American accents can do that, but, like, Japanese accents can't do that? That's a good question. So, because, like, it seems like every single time we have a foreign character, we do their accent, even, like, regardless of how well they speak English. Uh, but, like, Japanese, it's always just straight Japanese for that character. Well, if it's an American character, they'll add fuck to every other word. <laughs> there you go. This is true. So this is fuck true. Wa, fuck <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's move on to some fan service, which we have, a, uh, once again, a couple weeks of fan service backed up. So, um, let's get into it. Our, our fan Gerardo... He, we Jerry. actually have a couple. Um, <laughs> Good old Jerry, right? Yeah. Um, we actually have a couple for this episode. The introduction to anime episode, like how do you introduce people to anime? That was episode twenty-two. Gerardo, he thinks that. Uh, for a good jump-on point, it's not anime, but showing somebody Avatar: The Last Airbender would be a good jump-on point for somebody to say, like, this is what anime is kind of like. If you like this show, maybe you show, show you some of the original source material for its inspiration. And I actually agree with them on that, because Avatar is a fantastic show. It's very anime-esque, and yep. it's got the sort of a character development that you would see in Japanese anime, but really wouldn't see in American cartoons. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, something, like, if, if, if somebody likes superheroes and stuff like that, too, you could, like, introduce them to Teen Titans. It would be a good tactic to kind of say, this is American, but this is what anime is also kind of And like. if you want to show someone like a mech anime, I would say maybe Mega XLR. Yeah, Mega XLR is a really good show. You yeah, know, that is they're going to be bringing that back as a video game. Valve is currently working with the creators on to making it a, a video game. Are you I am, serious? Wow. I am yeah. glad you told me that. Wow. Huh. And also for the intro introduction to anime, our fan Scott said that he gave, actually gave us two answers. One, he said for an anime to show people would be Detective Conan. Because mm-hmm. Detective Conan is just a good show. Mm. Show it to people. It's funny. Yeah, people like their CSI. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Which, Dylan, is actually a part of his second answer, which is reading somebody's personality. Just like if... Like, do they do they like this show? Show them this show. You know, um, like, do they like Game of Thrones? Show them Berserk. You know, that that kind of thing. <laughs> Berserk and Game of Thrones can be very, very... Yes, Just anything, back. With, anything with incest, show them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so there's that, that tactic as well as also reading somebody's personality, you know, and, and, you know, if they like military stuff, show them Gundam Wing. You know that that sort of thing. So <laughs> if they like really, really get in, getting into military stuff, <laughs> do they like reading Ender's Game? Show them Gundam Wing. 
And then uh, for the next episode that was after that, which was Your Anime Thinks You're Dumb, Gerardo uh, sent us another suggestion, which was Pokemon. I cannot believe we didn't cover Pokemon. Pokemon <laughs> was my gateway anime. Okay, so so I agree with him on that. Yeah, and uh, this is actually uh, this is this is an introduction. This is actually uh, anime thinks uh, your anime thinks you're dumb. Okay. Yeah, uh, the episode that we did after that, which yes, the, the Pokemon is a gateway anime. I will agree that does go along with the other answer. But yeah, and Pokemon thinks you're dumb. And while it is a series that was originally created for children, um, there is a following behind. Um, in the states, as it, you know, goes into our generation, and I would assume that it, that happened in Japan as well. So, in the newer series, when Ash pulls out his Pokedex on a Butterfree <laughs> and makes it's, us all feel like we covered this in the Pokemon episode with yeah. Katrina, where she was just like, "Oh, Ash, how dare you? <laughs> you had a Butterfree. Why do you need to know what a Butterfree is?" <laughs> yeah. Oh, Ash. So, that's a pretty good example. And also, it's, well, needless to say, it's a little childish, too, at times. Oh, yeah. So, that's what we had for our episodes. Uh, our next piece of fan service is from our fan, Ian, who, in regards to the live-action Attack on Titan adaption, he was wondering if anybody has any good casting choices for the live-action movie. Now, they don't need to be Japanese. We can whitewash it, seeing that Mikasa is the only one who is actually of Asian descent. And yeah. everybody else is of European descent in that show. As to which, I think that... Well, jeez, oh, I, I don't know. I wish that we could, we could, you know, differentiate ages. Because somebody like younger Elijah Wood like the of the uh, of the Lord of the Rings era would be a good choice for Aaron yeah. or something. Yeah, and uh, um, I actually really could not think of any cuz cuz none of the actor or none of the characters in Attack on Titan really correlate to real actors today. Like they're all their own really good personality char- uh, type characters. Um, the only one that I could think of was um, what's his name the the guard that they were friends with when they were little kids who had like the blonde who was blonde had the mustache uh, was it Edwin was his name um, uh, I, don't I, remember. I haven't seen it I, I, I know you have I think but, so yeah uh, I think Simon Pegg would be a great uh, ca- uh, casting choice for him even though he's only in yeah even though he's only in for two episodes or two or three he's actually in about three episodes. Uh, I think I, he would still be a good, like, cameo part. You know, it's like, oh, look, Simon Pegg is that guy. Mm. Or John Hamm. Or John Hamm. John, <laughs> John Hamm can just be anybody. Yeah, John Hamm. John Hamm should be the, the Colossal Titan. John, yeah, John, John Hamm can be the Colossal Titan. Just be like, I'm good at advertising. <laughs> <laughs> I am handsome. You still watching that? Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. But that is actually a really hard question. I cannot... Pinpoint, you know, you would have to like, like go on to like some really crummy Nickelodeon Disney Channel TV shows to find people that are of the right age yeah. to play yeah. these characters. And, yeah, and the only thing that I could think of too would be like maybe uh, she she was in uh, it's kind of a funny story and uh, where the Millers uh, Emma Roberts. Yeah. Who, she would be a really good Anna. Anna, yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking. She would be a really good Anna. Yeah, that's that's exactly who I was thinking of for that part. So it was really weird that you can only, you can't pinpoint the main characters. You can only pinpoint like yeah. the, well, the main I, characters. I, I don't know if you guys have been following the Facebook or not, but my newest like hugest character crush is Mikasa. Like I just have like this like I just she's so like awesome to me, and I just don't think anybody can ever correlate to acting 
to like the character that they designed for her because she's amazing. Mm. <laughs> Obsession. <laughs> uh, what about the girl who played Mako from uh, Pacific Rim? No, not even her. Well, that, she's that too old like, now. Because I was, I was initially, I was initially going to say Chiaki Kuriyama, but she's see. Uh, yeah, and see, like, and I think that's kind of a cop-out answer just because, like, she's kind of an up-and-coming actress now. So, like, you wouldn't want to just say that. Like, you'd actually want to pick... I just don't know. I just don't know. Not to mention she's one of the only Japanese uh, actresses that I know by name. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it, this, that was actually a really hard question as far as... Maybe we'll, maybe we'll post uh, a better answer on our Tumblr later on once we map out. A, a yeah, really good answer. yeah, like we really have to map this out because I've been thinking about this since since you asked it, Ian, and jeez, I just I so don't know. I just found out something interesting. I mentioned Chiaki Kariyama. She's going to be on the new season of America and Horror Story. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Oh, actually, which reminds me, um, uh, the uh, the the new Keanu Reeves movie uh, that's Forty Seven Ronin, right? Yeah, she, yep. she's in that too, right? Yes, I yep. think she, so. Is she the villain? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that movie looks awesome. I, I can't wait to see Keanu Reeves in a new movie. Well, he's going to be in another one called, like, The Man of Tai Chi or something like that. Oh, that's already really? out. It's a documentary. No, the, the one I'm thinking of isn't a documentary. Oh. I don't know. I'll have to look it up. I don't remember what it's called. <laughs> Actually, to the internet. Not now. We're about to finish here. Yeah, you're right. All right. Yeah, I have to use the bathroom so bad. <laughs> okay. Wrap this up. Hold on. Just gonna, let's just, we're going to get through the shameless plugs, and that'll be it. So, Andrew, go ahead. Sure. Okay, if you guys want to jump in on our conversation about overrated, underrated animes, or if you want to just say anything about what we talked about today, uh, you can email us at wickedanimereviews at gmail.com. That is wickedanimereviews, all one word, at gmail.com. You can also follow us on facebook.com slash wickedanime. Uh, go watch our review videos. I just released a new one on YouTube.com slash WickedAnimeReviews. Uh, you can find us on NerdyShow.com where you are, are either listening to this podcast or you can watch our videos. You can also listen to our podcast on um, iTunes. And we have a Tumblr, which Victoria mends and takes care of uh, at Tumblr.com slash WickedAnime. I think that's it, If you unless you want to fo- uh, follow us on Twitter, where you can find us at WickedAFangirl, which is also Victoria. And uh, I believe that is everything. Um, now, uh, Evan, get, uh, give us a little, give us some plugs for yourself. All right. So, if you want to follow me, I'm on Twitter at king underscore baby underscore duck. Um, if you want to visit the Boston Bash Brigade website, go to www.b3crew.com. If you want to write to us, if you have any requests for topics or song requests for No Borders No Race, you can write to us at thebastards at bostonbashbrigade.com. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash bostonbashbrigade. And you can also follow us on Tumblr at b3crew.tumblr.com. Which all, we do. All the, links, <laughs> all the links in the description, guys. Yep, everything in the description. Okay, bye. Uh-huh. If you're on Nerdy Show. If you're on iTunes, go to Nerdy Show, then follow the links. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, we um, actually don't have any music because we're really poor at planning uh, ending music for <laughs> this show. We'll, we'll come up with some. Evan, uh, Evan's uh, No Borders, No Race podcast does a lot of... It does a lot of music. A so. lot of music, yeah. which I've heard, and they are some great tracks. So maybe we'll borrow one from him. Just let me know what you're in the mood for for an ending, and I will send it to you. <laughs> you got it, dude. All right. So that's it for this week uh, of the Wicked Anime Podcast. We will see you guys next time. Let's sign off the only way we know how. Okay. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going back.
That's it's that's gonna yeah. It's a long title, man. <laughs> KBD just for short. <laughs> like I said, KBD from the BBB is <laughs> from the from the No Borders No Race No NB NBNR. Yeah, NBNR. So product of K- the KBD system. from BBB of podcast and NBDR. Oh jeez, NBNR. Yeah, <laughs> produced by ESH. And viewers yeah. like you. <laughs> what are they talking about? <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Wicked Anime Podcast. The Wicked Anime Podcast is made possible by a comic shop, Nerdapalooza, and the generous support of listeners like you. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling friends, rating, and reviewing us on iTunes, or making a contribution in our monthly support drive. Any size contribution gets you exclusive Nerdy Show audio and images and lets you participate in our monthly support drives. Just go to nerdyshow.com and click the support button on the top of the page. For more episodes of the Wicked Anime Podcast, as well as other fine programming, community forums, videos, articles, and more, head over to nerdyshow.com. You can subscribe to all the Nerdy Show Network podcasts via the iTunes Store, and for the latest news, follow us on your favorite social network. It's Wicked A! As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.